These are the tribulations of Paulette. Snatched too soon from a dream smooch with virtual Ted, I awaken to the voice of actual Ted on my cell. In a deep REM sleep fog, I misinterpret his greeting. You must have been dreaming about me too, I say, imagining a daytime television scenario where in such a perfectly written world we could fantasize about each other simultaneously. God, no, I'm at the office, he says. Sounds like you just woke up. A pause. Then, it would be pretty fun to be there with you right now. Hey, what are you wearing? Today's siesta outfit consists of black trouser socks and a bathrobe that I call Old Ratty. I say, not much. No doubt Ted conjures up thigh highs over knee highs. His tone changes instantly. Hey, he says, I was just thinking, I need to do a little business tomorrow morning at Mohegan Sun. Why don't you drive down and we'll have lunch? We can talk about the reunion while we're at it. There are a thousand reasons why I ought to say no thanks to Ted, starting with Dave, my three kids, common decency, and the pile of stuff that I have to sort through to get ready for the holidays. Boldly, the pheromones interrupt to answer for me. Okay, they say. What time do you want us? I'm well aware of the potential downside of engaging in a casino romp with Ted, But for now, I must focus on the positive. Once again, I remind myself it's just lunch with a friend. Nothing at all has to happen. But I said that before and ended up with an unbelievable life-altering smooch. Now that I've agreed to meet Ted, the enabling wheels must be put in motion for me to be AWOL all day tomorrow. That means I have to do tomorrow's laundry today shop for and prepare dinner for two nights, locate rides home for kids, and answer all my email. On top of that, I have to find an outfit that makes me appear thin and doesn't require spanks, get a manicure, a pedicure, a blow dry, and shave every hair off of my body from the neck down. Then there's the problem of our class reunion. The addresses of 300 former classmates need to be found and made into a spreadsheet and a Facebook page created. Nonetheless, I have made a few reunion calls. My technique is rudimentary. I pour myself a huge glass of wine and start dialing. Largely, it's been an ego-bashing experience. Who did you say this is again? They want to know. Don't you remember me? I ask incredulously. I was president of the drama club. I starred in every play. I was prom queen. I was the editor of the yearbook. I was a varsity cheerleader for two sports, for Christ's sake. Nah, doesn't sound familiar, they say. But about this reunion you're planning, how much is it gonna cost? Evidently, not everyone shared the glorious high school experience of Ted and Paulette. We're ready to step back onto center stage at middle age, to reclaim the royal throne of high school. Too bad our former subjects don't give a damn. All told, it takes 17 hours to get ready for lunch with Ted. My mom Nancy would argue that this is no different from high school, just less hair in the sink. 
I tell Dave I have a reunion meeting at Mohegan Sun and he doesn't bat an eye. I'm just about to leave the house when my cleaning lady, Susana, lets herself in the back door. Susana is a hardworking Brazilian in her mid-50s. She has five daughters, three of whom went from sweet 15 parties to maternity wards in the space of a year. One day, her husband, Fernando, fled the coop, leaving poor Susana with a stack of unpaid bills and a big, hungry family. We take very good care of Susana, and in return, she takes very good care of us. First thing I notice is that she's all dolled up in a distinctly Brazilian way. She's wearing white cowboy boots, black fishnets, and a short leather skirt that I grew out of and happily passed on to her. This is not her usual outfit for a day toiling at our house. Come here, Mrs. Paulette, she says, gesturing to the driveway. I have someone to meet you. I follow her out to her car. Mrs. Paulette, please say hello to Mrs. Arani de Silvio. Well, hello, Arani. How nice to meet you. Arani seems pleasant enough. Maybe Susanna has brought her here to help on ironing day. You come to the wedding, Susanna says, beaming. You know I always come to the wedding, I say, hugging Susanna and thinking of all her daughters and grandchildren. Who is getting married this time? I am getting married, says Susanna, blushing, to Mrs. Arani da Silvio. Oh, boy, I'd like to stay and get the whole scoop on this interesting development, but Ted and Mohegan's son wait. I kiss and hug the happy couple, wish them well, and tell them that I'm late for an important appointment. Susanna seems pleased that I'm excited for her. Arms entwined, they wave to me as I pull out of my driveway. I'm thrilled that Susanna has found new love, but I also hope she'll be able to get the ironing done while I'm gone. I'm not altogether surprised that Susanna has switched sides. She always complained that Fernando was overly affectionate and she was always too tired to oblige. Rosemary, my angry Russian aesthetician, complains all the time about her husband's advances. He's a pig, she says. I don't bother to point out that she'd be in less of a bad mood if she let him have his way every once in a while. As I'm getting closer to Mohegan Sun, Ted phones my cell. I found a place for us to meet, he says. It's so warm outside, I figured we'd have a picnic. Do you think you could pick up some sandwiches? I find a grocery store off the highway and pick up a couple of turkey subs and a six-pack. I call Ted back and follow his directions through a huge state park, ending up on a dirt road that runs alongside a large pond. How did he find this place? There isn't a soul in sight except Ted, standing against his car in the sun, grinning. I pull in behind him and take a deep breath. I had pictured a fancy lunch at Mohegan Sun. This is, well, rather far-flung. I get out of my car and walk over to him. Good job, he says as I hand him the sandwiches. Ted has opened his tailgate. He cracks us each a beer and we sit back to admire the setting. It's really pretty here, I say. It got a whole lot prettier when you drove in, he says, setting down his beer. He takes my bottle of beer, sets it down with his, and pulls me to him. The bucolic setting is very quiet, save for the occasional bird. Our eyes engaged, Ted strokes my cheek with the back of his hand. 
He traces my lips with his finger. His other hand reaches around my neck and grabs a big hunk of my hair. Our lips meet over Ted's finger, which slides into the corner of my mouth. Without breaking the lip seal, we recline into the back of Ted's car. We're making out like two teenagers in the same life-saving subterranean way that brought me back to life a few months earlier. Before I can object, Ted reaches up under my sweater, his warm hands all over me. You feel really great, baby, he says. This goes on for a few more minutes, and then Ted says, let's get you out of this sweater. I lift up my arms like a little kid, and off it comes. Shirtless in the woods in the back of Ted's car. Hey, good work, Paulette. As I look down at his bobbing bald spot, I see a flash of white outside the car. A deer, perhaps? How pastoral. I close my eyes. I'm in heaven. Two seconds later, however, something doesn't feel right. I open my eyes. That was no deer. Fifteen feet away from Ted's open tailgate is a dark-haired man with a mustache, wearing a white t-shirt and peering at us intently. Fear hits the pit of my stomach like an axe. I lift Ted's head from my chest. Someone's here, I whisper, fumbling for my sweater. Ted rolls off of me, says, oh my God, and scrambles to pull up the tailgate. With Ted off of me, I have a full view of our voyeur, and I am bereft of speech. We must have been putting on a really good show, because this creepy stranger's got his you-know-what quite actively in his hand, and now the lucky pervert has an audience for his grand finale. This is terrifying, yet at the same time, I can't help but feel the irony Deep in the Connecticut woods, far from our hometown, someone's finally paying homage to the king and queen of high school. Yo the gang's all here. You're listening to the very cool sounds of Mr. Eric Fontana. We got a hoochie, coochie, hoochie, and it's named after the Duke. The sidewalk's itchy, getting bitchy, and it run right after you. Trees they start to sway 600 miles through the future, but I had to run away. Next time, Samrat special. Till then, ta ta. Please, the final judgment was a